Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Titans practicing today. Derrick Henry spoke to the media. Just heard a little bit of that in Lucas Panzika's update. Uh, the injury report yesterday for the Titans, the shortest one that I've seen all year. It had three names on it. Tierra Tart was limited. And it also had Naquan Jones, knee, Buster Screen, Handy, but both were listed as a full go. Now, Buster Screen, you know, King's not on there because he's not activated. That's right. He's really supposed to be part of that process. So he is in the return to play protocol. So is um, Torrey Carter, both of those guys in that protocol. So they don't show up on the injury report until they make them active. And then if they had some kind of issue, they would show up. So technically the Titans, well, they've got until uh, Friday. Again, Lucas Panzigas update. They have until Friday to make those moves if those guys are going to play on Saturday. Mm. But Derrick Henry, sure. We played the audio. You're going to hear it all up and down the dial today on the zone, on all the shows, and everywhere you go. It's been all over ESPN everywhere. You need to see his face. This man looks like he is ready. His face looks like somebody who is ready to take the ball on Saturday and run the football. He he looks like a, a gentleman. Well, I don't know what his face looks like. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. When he looks like he wants to run the football. But what I can say is that he, he was kind of uh, smug when they asked him if he's going to dress. He was just like, <laughs> well, we shall see. I don't know. So that was a kind of a confidence kind of face. Like, yeah, <laughs> I'm ready to go without saying it. Because, you, you know, he just wants to, wants to make sure there's no hurdles still that he hasn't addressed uh, with a couple more practices uh, this week. So. Yeah, yeah. so I, I would say I'm pretty confident, but, you know, never say never. John Glennon is at practice today. He's been out there. He was uh, there for Derrick Henry's press conference. We'll talk to him a whole bunch in, what, 15 minutes or so. But we got people on the phone at your show, too. We want to hear from you. Corey in Hendersonville has been on hold. So let's take some phone calls. Mark Spain Real Estate Hotline as it is hump day midway through the midday of the week show. It's the nexus of the Sports Talk Universe. <laughs> Welcome in, Corey. Hey, guys. Um, I hope you're doing all right on this rainy Wednesday. Uh, I've just got one question for Blaine, and then I've got a statement I want to make about the Titans and the disrespect for them in the playoffs. Uh, Blaine, as a player, I know you played the the year that they went to the Super Bowl, and I'm pretty sure you guys had a first-round bye that year, correct? The year we went to the Super Bowl, no, but the second year, uh, you know, 2000, we did. The 2000 year, okay. Um, I was curious how players – treated the bye week like did they you know still watch the teams that were in the playoffs for that first round or were they spending more time with their family and actually taking that time to rest and then my statement that I want to make real quick and then I'll jump off um I feel like even though we're, we're the number one seed the discussion is going to be after we beat Cincinnati because I'm very confident we're going to do that that whoever we end up playing whether it's Buffalo or Kansas City. That if we beat them, the narrative is going to be that they blew that game, and that Tennessee, you know, just happened to be the recipient of mm. you know some lady luck. And same thing with you know whoever we might play in the Super Bowl. I feel like if we do end up winning the Super Bowl, it's going to be the same discussion. It's not going to be about the Titans and how you know they overcame adversity or anything like that. It's going to be about you know Brady blowing it or Rogers blowing it or whoever. Mm-hmm. Anyways, thank you, guys. Thank you, Corey. Yeah, I probably would agree with that unless the king goes off, you know, yeah. and then all of a sudden they, they can't deny the king. He's the, the linchpin to superstardom. Uh, they bring all the eyeballs, as we just saw on TV, just by him doing a press conference. Uh, so, yeah, but I, I would I would definitely <laughs> agree with him, though. That's how it's going to go. Um, 
As far as uh, practicing uh, during Super Bowl week, it's somewhat similar, same as uh, what they did with Vrabel the week, uh, you know, we, the year we had to buy week is the year we lost to the Ravens. Uh, so we had three days of practice, then we had to, you know, a couple days off, then you had to come back, and then, you know, then you had a day off, try to make it a regular week. Uh, you're really actually trying to stay in peak shape, and you're working on, uh, you know, fundamentals, if you want to give it that and kind of going through different scripts. And I'm talking about scripts about each team maybe on first and second down that you possibly could play. The coaches are all doing that, so we're just kind of seeing how some of our defenses uh, look or offense looks against their defense uh, during that week. But, yeah, you're also you're having a little more time because you're not actually diving in deep uh, on any team. Uh, and you're definitely watching them in the playoff on, on TV just to, you know, get a leg up a little bit. But, uh, yeah, you spend the time with your family and everything else. Uh, you're just home sooner, uh, and you also have a couple more days off. Uh, so, yeah. But I always looked at those days as, you know, trying to get a step ahead and maybe get another deep tissue massage or, you know, stay off my legs, maybe get in the, the cold tub, maybe some extra times. I was always thinking, no matter what, even days off, how can I be better than my opponent because he's not doing anything but sitting on the couch? Right. So that's kind of what I, I was always thinking. Blaine had all the couches removed from his house on a week like that. Then had oh, it brought I, back I was the next week. on my couch. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get uh, JR up next. That's JR crazy. with a question for the hitman. What's going on, JR? Hey, man. Thanks for taking my call. Thanks uh, for making your call. Thank you. <laughs> for taking it. Yes, and, and we're I saying thanks for making I, it. Yes. Okay. All right. I appreciate that. Um, you, Blaine, you're the only one of all of the sportscasters on 104.5 uh, that I feel could answer this question intelligently. Uh, in my opinion, it seems like we've always had to answer why is our defensive backfield needing so much help? I mean, it has been all the way back to after you played. You were probably the exception, and Griffin was an exception. You guys were hungry out there, and you looked for somebody to put on their butts. But it just drives me crazy. We have the king. We have uh, these superstar quarterbacks that we've had, you know, uh <laughs> But it just it just drives me crazy to understand why we cannot have the quality of cornerbacks and safeties as I regard you. Uh, is it the talent we don't have? Is it the coaching we don't have? Or is it between the ears of these uh, defensive guys? I mean, you know, we had concerns about the line. And we fixed that on both sides of the ball, I feel like. We had the concern of quarterback. We fixed that with Tannehill. We fixed it with uh, our, beloved, our beloved guy that's gone to, to the Lord above. But uh, it just seems like we never fixed our backfield. Why do you think that is? JR, thanks for the call. Yeah. Mm. Well, you know, that's kind of an interesting question because in my era, it was a little bit different. They throw the ball way more than they did during my time. So let, let's start there. And I think having just uh, good cornerbacks because the way the rules have changed, you know, there's no, uh, you know, if it was for me, I, I, I 
have to change my game. There's no head hunting out there, so guys are you know cautious on getting fined and going to take guys out and those things. And then you got the salary cap, so you're working around the cap and where you want to put your money. So what you say is, as an organization, I think a lot of teams are like this, and this is what the Titans, I think, have done. It says we're going to live through the draft through our secondary because it doesn't matter who we pick up. Having a stud one cornerback is not really going to be beneficial uh, really enough in this league with the way the rules are. Even in, like think about any team that has an elite secondary. You go, all right, who's the number one corner? What you start saying is like these are the top five corners in the league, right. but nobody is shutting anybody down. Right. Like there is no Deion, Rod Woodson type players anymore you know to me you're doing a solid job if you hold somebody that's an elite receiver like if you heard jamar chase to 75 yards that's a that's a pretty good day i just think and especially if you're playing man to man yeah so i think it's just a different perception of how we have to view it and you kind of build your team around your front four which is what the titans did uh and let them get after the quarterback because they throw the ball a lot more now and and hope for the best and then you have more guys in the secondary to kind of uh, manage them and keep them in front of you and, and make them take field goals instead of touchdown. So I, I think this secondary is actually, uh, you know, a solid secondary. It's not uh, elite and it's not, you got some elite, you know, elite player in, in Bayard. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he could play during any era, but the other guys are all really good players and have good unique roles. And I think you got an up and coming Fulton who uh, is showing that he's getting better with the more playing time as long as he stays available. Uh, we just see what's going to happen with the first round of Farley. Uh, so, and Moden and Hooker, these are solid player. Quick Shank, you know, they got some guys that are pretty solid, uh, even in backup roles that they found through this COVID situation. So I don't think Stream. you can go on anybody's roster and think that anybody's shutting anybody down. Like, you know, is you know, having a nine to six game, the weather has to be really bad, yeah. uh, and, and and that's probably the only way. Most of the teams now are all have really potent offenses and really good defenses. Uh, ben don't break at worst-case scenario, kind of like the Titans. That's what the league wants. They yeah, want points. They want points, and, and that's what keeps, you know, butts in the stands. Sure does. Makes it exciting. TV viewers. Uh, uh, you know, you know the old adage is, you know, offense put up points, put seats in the fans, but defense wins championships. And I think now you, you can say the defense helps you win the championship because you got a defense that doesn't uh, give up easy points, and that means big plays. They have to earn it now. So I just think it's a different time. John Glennon, good answer by the hitman there. There you go. You want answers. The hitman's got them. Hashtag ask the hitman. Uh, when we come back, we'll ask John Glennon a bunch of questions because he's been at Titans practice. What's the latest on Derrick Henry? What's the latest on everything with the Tennessee Titans? We'll get that next with John Glennon. Take phone calls some more in the last segment of the show because we know you guys want to talk to us. We'll be right back. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. John Glennon set to join us here in just a second. Lucas Panzeca is going to get him on the phone. Let's take a quick phone call from Jedi in the meantime, in between time, on the Mark's Main Real Estate Hotline. Jedi, what's going on? How are you guys doing on a rainy day? Fantastic. Oh, Dry? Yeah, exactly. Dry. <laughs> hey, let me ask you something. Do you, either one of you guys remember Bradley McDougal? Why do, why do I remember that name? Help us out. McDougal. Yes. He was the starting safety for the Tennessee Titans in the opening game against the Arizona Cardinals. This year? Bradley this Mc... year. Yeah, Mc... Lucas, Lucas was saying that. He goes, he started the first game. Mc... 
Yeah. At safety? And yep. And Arizona went after him. And Oh, that was the kid we picked up uh from the Jets or he was a, a waiver wire veteran guy? I think so. And they went after him all day and then by Tuesday he was no longer on the Titans. Oh no, um, he played with Arizona. That's what it was. No, they it, knew him. It was the Seahawks. The he, Seahawks. He played for the Seahawks, and he started the Seattle game because Amani Hooker was injured right, in the so season opener. So that wasn't opener. the first game. Right, it was the second right, game. Second, the second game. game. Yeah. Okay, now, okay. Same, same thing, but it was the Seahawks. Yeah, right. it was. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. What I'm leading to is, and and Blaine, you probably got some insight on this. I noticed when Molden went out against Houston, the first person they went after was Jackson. As soon as he, Molden went out and Jackson came in, they went after uh, Jackson. Oh, he, he sniped himself. Yep. I don't know where he was going. We, we've got John Glennon on with us now. Uh, Glennon sniped him. John, did you snipe that guy? <laughs> I'd have enough of him. Yeah. I, I, I don't know where he was going. He did, priorities in there, right? he did bring up Bradley McDougald, and we were all like, Bradley McDougal? But yes, for a well, second he said there. he started the first, first game, and, game, and, and that really threw me out. That was uh-huh. about 70 names ago. Yes. Yeah, but yeah. I do remember he so was, was It wasn't a long tenure for Bradley. We, we, we enjoyed him while he was here, but it didn't last long at all. Well, let's start with that, though. That leads to the Seahawks in Arizona play all the time. And so maybe they had a little more insight into him uh, when they when the Titans played the Seahawks. Uh, do you think that gives Jamar Chase an advantage or disadvantage that he's known this guy Chase uh, since high school and played with him in college, or just kind of a mute point at this this stage? Oh, uh, maybe so, but you know, I guess you have to look at it both ways too, right? Yeah, maybe, maybe mm-hmm. Christian Fulton knows a knows a thing or two about uh, Jamar Chase, yeah, uh, as, as well, since they've known each other for so long and and played against each other and practiced against one another. Um, so you know, it could it could uh, it could go either way, but you know, certainly we know that this is going to be a significant test for the uh, for the Titans secondary. You know that we know that they're much improved over the group that got uh, you know a little bit. Uh, a little bit toasted last year against Cincinnati, uh, but this will be a good test, certainly, of just how much better they are when you got this uh, crop of receivers that they're going to face in the Bengals. Yeah, John Glennon, our guest at Glennon Sports, uh, sportsillustrated.com, covering the Tennessee Titans. So uh, uh, I did not know Derrick Henry was going to speak today, but then I just kind of noticed, wait, that's Derrick Henry on the stream here? What? Uh, but, yeah. But a surprise appearance from the King he would not confirm that he would play on Saturday, but we've talked a lot about this today, John. The look on his face certainly looked like a man who is ready to uh, take and absorb and also give some contact on Saturday while carrying a football for these Titans. Yeah, I don't think the, the King was going to roll on out to the podium today if he was just going to, uh, you know, sit on the <laughs> sidelines on on Saturday. Uh, I think the uh, the King is, uh, is is ready for some business. You know, this is really his, uh, you know, part of his, his third week of practice. Uh, so I, I think he's fully ready. You know, it's interesting. It was interesting to hear him say, uh, you know, he's still got that steel plate, of course, in his in his foot. You know, which kind of throws you for a minute. But you know, in in watching him practice, you know, over the past couple of weeks, uh, I think he's certainly ramped it up. And you know, we just saw him again uh, today. Can continues to look good. Continues to get stronger. Um, so I don't think uh, you know. I think the Titans have until. Friday afternoon, I believe at three, uh, in order to activate them. So they may uh, they may take their time, and you know you you, you want to make sure that you don't cut anybody first, um, and and then you know maybe there's an, an injury, and, and all of a sudden you're you're kind of uh, down a man. 
Um, but uh, I feel pretty about 99.99% certain that that activation is going to take place. I just, I think this is the million-dollar question, though, is over-under on carries for Derrick Henry. And I know there will be a lot of factors that go into it, but I just wonder what in the world, when that game is over, what his carry count will look like. Yeah, that, that I would agree with you. That is the million-dollar question because, you know, on the one hand, you're, you're looking at Derrick Henry who – you know, as we have watched him over the years, we know that Derrick Henry gets stronger and stronger in games, you know, as the carries start to pile up, as it goes from, you know, 15 to 20, from 20 to 25, and, and even beyond sometimes, you know, that's when he really starts wearing on the defenses. That's when he, uh, you know, he starts feeling the, the rhythm himself. But can you really run a guy who hasn't been in the game for three months like that? And if you don't, which, you know, it's probably wise, I would think, not to give the man that many carries. If you don't, do you get the full impact of a Derrick Henry? Do you get the guy who, you know, punishes defenses towards the end of the game uh, or not? So, you know, I, I think it's going to be a, an interesting situation. I, I can't imagine, you know, maybe, maybe they fool me and, and they go for, you know, 15 or, or more, but I, I would be surprised. My, my guess, if I had to go over under, would be, you know, maybe in the uh, uh, 14 range would, would be my guess. And, and you know, like, like Todd Downing said today, he's kind of looking forward to that, you know, the three-headed monster uh, here. You know, we've seen Foreman and Hilliard, you know, run pretty well in, in Derrick Henry's absence. So, you know, if you get a little bit of all three, I still think the Titans are in pretty good shape in the in the running game. There you go, Vegas Glennon providing the over-under <laughs> at Glennon Sports on Twitter for all your favorite gambling tips from John Glennon. Well, let's stay on that. Then. Three and a half <laughs> point there, Glennon. I mean, does that make you a little – I mean, I know you're not a fan, but, man, you're like, whoa, this this is a closer game than uh, I expected for, from Vegas, or, or you thought that's about where they should be? Uh, you know, I, I kind of figured it, it would be right around there, you know, maybe another point or so for the Titans, I kind of mm-hmm. thought, but – you know, I, I don't think it's news to, to any of us or, or, you know, any of the Titans fans that, you know, there, there's a lot of people out there that still have question marks about the Titans. Um, and they're a tough team, you know, to sort of analyze because they have been missing players here and there so often during the year. So, you, you know, you don't know, okay, well, are, are we going to see the uh, the full uh, the full impact Titans, if you will, you know, a, a fully healthy uh team that that the way it was you know during that six game winning stretch you know or or is it more like uh, we saw you know towards the end of the season where they you know they scrapped and battled and and won some games uh you know against some some lesser competition um it's it's hard to say but i i think in the better's eyes and of course we know the lines makers make these lines with you know the the betters in mind i think the national perspective is still Wait a minute, you know, are the Titans really uh, all they're cracked up to be as a number one seed? I'm, I'm, I'm not necessarily buying it because I haven't seen Derrick Henry in, in three months, and I'm just not sure that the Titans are, are all that compared to some of these other teams. Well, speaking of uh, national media, we're on with John Glennon of SportsIllustrated.com. Uh, that is not a lot of talk about the Titans being the number one seed and really just not getting some notoriety with Derrick Henry doing an interview today. Do you think it is just because, I, I guess, nationally uh, media doesn't really just buy in all the way to, to Tannehill? I think there is something to that, yes, um, you know, because I think the popular perception – 
you know, uh, is that Ryan Tannehill is, is built uh, solely around Derrick Henry, that if, if there's no Derrick Henry, Ryan Tannehill is markedly uh, worse. And, you know, I don't think that's necessarily been the case. I, I think, you know, we've seen Ryan Tannehill struggle at times this year, but I think really it was more because of the personnel in the receiving department being out. You know, A.J. has missed games, and, and uh, obviously Julio Jones has missed games as well. I don't think it's necessarily be because of the uh, the lack of, of Derrick Henry. The one the, – the biggest difference to me, I think, is in the play-action game. You know, there there there's one school of thought that says no matter what running back is in there, play-action is going to work because it holds defenders for a minute. I, I don't think that's necessarily the case. I think you need to keep more people closer to the line when Derrick Henry's in there. I think more defenders hesitate just that one split second more mm-hmm. on play action with uh, with Derrick Henry, and I think that greatly helps Ryan Tannehill in, in his play action game. Um, but, you know, I, I think uh, Ryan Tannehill has, has proved his worth, um, you know, even, even without Derrick Henry. Well, we naturally know that the Titans are going to run the football, but, man, no one's talking about what is Shane Bowen's defensive strategy going to be to contain all these weapons and, and burrow at the helm? Yeah, I mean, it, it's really kind of a pick-your-poison uh, situation for the Bengals, you know, because, mm-hmm. I mean, you're looking at two 1,000-yard receivers in, in Chase and, and T. Higgins. You know, Tyler Boyd is over 800 yards. they got a great tight end, uh, you know, C.J. Uzuma. Uh, and then running back, you know, Joe Mixon is, is uh, strong both as, as a runner and, and as a pass catcher, too. Uh, you know, the the list uh, just goes on and on for the Bengals. And I think the biggest concern uh, or one of the biggest concerns is the uh, the deep game of the Cincinnati Bengals. I don't think, you know, the Titans uh, have probably not run into a team this year. Uh, I don't know if there are teams in the league this year that throw as well and as often deep um as the as the Bengals do and so that's going to be a real test uh for this secondary and not only for the secondary um but uh but for the pass rush uh, as well we all know that uh, you know Cincinnati is has not been tremendous in in protecting Joe Burrow so if those guys up front can protect that secondary a little bit um you know that certainly wouldn't wouldn't hurt either mm. we're on with John Glenn with SI.com John, I seen a tweet from uh, from our old boss Brad Willis runs the Tennessee Sports Hall of Fame. Um, as this uh, previous wild card week started, um, about when the Titans would host this next game, this is only the sixth home playoff game for the Titans as the Titans. That's that surprised me. And then you've got to go back to January of two thousand three, the last time the Titans won a home playoff game. I, I was surprised by both of those things. I I would agree with you. Um, you know, for the most part, now I certainly we you and and I and, and Blaine, we all know that there were some some dark years of, of wandering in the desert for the uh, for the Titans. Um, you know, between kind of Blaine's era and and sort of this this modern era too, there there wasn't much uh, success to be found. But um, you know, I I think the Titans are are excited to have you know another. Uh, home playoff game, you know, you start to feel like, uh, as the players have said, this is more the standard now, you know. Yeah. We win the division. You know, we, we, we get home games as they did last year. Of course, they didn't take advantage of it uh, last year, you know, losing to uh, to Baltimore. Um, but, I, you know, I, I certainly think Titans are, are excited uh, about what that home crowd is going to bring. And, and, again, 
anything you can do to kind of disrupt that uh, high-octane Cincinnati offense. You know, if you disrupt that communication, um, you know, if you if you cause a couple of penalties, false starts here and there, I think the Titans are, are really, really hoping for that. And I just get a sense, you know, I, I – you know, I'm, I'm not exactly sure about it, but I just get a sense that there's um, even more a, a level of excitement this year than than last from this from the Titans fan base. I think last year when when you know the Titans were headed to the playoffs, there was just kind of that big big nagging question, at least in my mind, was how was that defense really going to hold up? You know, how you how were you really going to win games with this defense? And and to their credit, the defense actually held up pretty decently in that in that playoff game but uh at the same time i i think it's a more balanced team going into the playoffs this year and i sense kind of a greater uh, buzz and you know kind of greater level of excitement always a great level of excitement when we're joined by john glendon and sports illustrated here on blaine and mickey <laughs> mm. great segue i love your segue thank you, thank you. words <laughs> are my business jg Hey, Joe Burrow has been sacked, and he's mobile, by the way. I, but he's leading the league, I think. For the most sacked time. the most, yeah, 51, yeah. and didn't and so play So that's kind of interesting, you know, to think about, man, should you approach this in our t- front four getting after him, or are you going to blitz him? What would you think is the best way, knowing that that matchup favors the Titans in this game and is glaring their front four versus their offensive line of the Bengals, uh, that we should be able to get after him even with just our front four? Yeah, that that to me is is the key. You know, is that when that front four has been healthy, uh, you know, normally they've been able to get good pressure on quarterbacks without the need of the uh, of the blitz too much. Now, you know, occasionally we'll we'll see, you know, uh, an Elijah Molden will will step in there, uh, or or occasionally, you know, a linebacker will will step in and, and blitz as well. But you know, if if those guys up front, um, you know, can can get pressure as as we've seen, and and again, they're all healthy, they're they're well rested. Um, I, I think the uh, the Titans are going to be in pretty good shape in that regard. And and another thing about Joe Burrow, you know, in addition to uh, to suffering some sacks, a lot of sacks this year, you know, he does throw interceptions as well. Uh, you know, he, he's got incredible numbers. You know, he's a great deep passer and so forth, but he will turn the ball over. Uh, from time to time as well, and and again, as we all know, if you can get that pressure on a quarterback, that increases uh, you know the uh, the chances of an interception. And um, you know, I, I think the Titans are in great shape in terms of health. Um, yeah. uh, you know, especially on that on that defensive front, it seems like you know from time to time one of those guys has had a nagging injury, or, or one of the edge guys has had a nagging injury. Right now, you know, not only the defense but just about the whole team looks uh, looks very healthy and ready to go. Mm, so if I asked you to pick one side or the other in this question, we go King, we go Tannehill, we go A.J. Brown, we go Julio Jones compared to T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, Mixon, and Joe Burrow, which four are you picking? Well, if you're looking to score points in a hurry yeah uh and pile them up i think i'd probably lean towards cincinnati you know just because that's kind of where their offense um uh you know points in in terms of explosive plays and and pushing the ball down the field but i will say that makes it even more important for the titans offense and the guys you mentioned to be able to control the clock uh in this game you know the best way to keep 
Joe Burrow from not throwing uh, four touchdown passes is, uh, is by keeping him on the sideline. Uh, so if you know if the Titans can get into that traditional uh, Titan offense, and and that's Derrick Henry, uh, you know a good dose of that, probably the two other backs as well. And if you can mix in AJ and, and Julio, and and uh, you know I think the Titans finished the year, I believe, second in terms of time of possession in the NFL. If they can uh, run up, you know, 35 minutes of, of time of possession or more. Uh, you know, I think that's a uh, a big reason to like their offense, even though it's not necessarily as explosive as Cincinnati's. Mm. Well, we started the show off asking you questions about insight in the, you know, you know, Fulton and Chase Praxin. We're going to end with that, and that is the head coach Taylor has coached with Tannehill before in Miami. Does that give him a little more insight on things that bother Tannehill and things that he's good at and not good at? in that he goes and sits in his defensive staff room and kind of give him some little tea leaves to help uh, help them out. Mm. <laughs> I think that's probably fair to say. Yeah, I, I would I would think so. You know, now it's been a, a few years, um, yes. you know, since they've been together. But I, I would I would think that's probably accurate in that, you know, he might have a little bit of an inkling uh, into, into what might bother Ryan Tannehill. So it'll be up to the Titans to counter that, you know, much like, uh, you know, when, when Tom Brady uh, played his first uh, couple games against Mike Vrabel, you know, you, you mm-hmm. certainly got the idea that, that Mike Vrabel had uh, had an idea of what bothered Tom Brady and, uh, you know, moving him from the uh, the spot and so forth. And, and Tom Brady uh, didn't necessarily look too good uh, in his in his first two shots against Mike Vrabel. So I think there, there might be some similarities there. But, uh, again, it's one thing to uh, to know maybe what bothers a guy, and it's another mm-hmm. thing for your team to be able to execute that. So that will be the uh, the key for for both teams there on uh, on Saturday. We're on with the legend John Glennon, Messiah.com. Another good segue. There you go. <laughs> hey JG, thank you, man. Uh, anybody, we're kind of all waiting for the the texts or the tweets to drop of this guy did, this guy didn't practice. Is that out yet? The who was available and and not today. Yeah. It just uh, just came out, um, and uh, the only guy I did not see out there was uh, Jack Rabbit, uh, oh. which is a little bit of a surprise because he wasn't on the injury report yesterday. Uh, um, but as far as I could tell, and it was kind of hard to tell because it was raining and it was making a soggy mess of my roster as I tried to <laughs> check off names. Um, but uh, he was the only guy that that I didn't see. It looked like uh, you know, guy uh, who was limited yesterday was Tart, and he was back out there. Uh, again today. So, you know, as far as health goes, got to like what you see in the Titans right now. Hey, man, always like what we hear from you. Thank you, JG. Appreciate the time. Okay, appreciate it, guys. Yes, sir. John Glennon at Glennon Sports. Follow him for all the latest. No Jackrabbit today. Um, We'll keep an eye on that. All right, when we come back, what did Todd Downing say? We heard from Derrick Henry today. We also heard from the OC. What did he say about Derrick Henry's workload? We got that next. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. We didn't shoot anybody. Not the sheriff. Not even in self-defense. Oh, oh. 
Roberson was missing for practice. I just saw that list. Oh, that was added, huh? That was added by JG, who we just hung up from. Oh, John Glennon added Derek Roberson. So he and Jack Rabbit, um, those were the guys who were missing today. Ooh, I'll that out. From, so, mm. <clears throat> so missing one of your top corners, possibly, and uh, Derek Roberson, who's very Ooh. much a, a depth guy, an outside linebacker, but a depth guy, guy who plays special Ooh. teams. Oh, just top starting corner. Let's just put it. I mean, he's a starting corner. Yep. Uh oh. I should have asked Glenn about the 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 no one testing positive for COVID for the entire NFL playoff. I'm teams. gonna knock on wood when you Ooh. say that. That was that's COVID free postseason. Oh my! Uh, Hendrickson, the uh, defensive end for the Bengals, was in the concussion protocol, and the Bengals reporters all tweeted pictures of him practicing yesterday. Yeah, they did. And several people responded because I retweeted it at one point. They said, "How can you practice? You can practice if you're in the concussion protocol." Well, he was on a limited basis. So yes. let's get that correct. Yes, too. I mean, so he so. did like individual. Right. Yeah. He's so trying to see if his body responds. Yep. And, See if his head is okay, and then you don't know maybe you know till tomorrow. Yep. And so, which is today, and if he practice today, then they can say you can move forward. Every concussion is so different. You got to teach, you know, treat it as it's an individual deal here. Yeah. And if he feels fine, maybe he just got dinged, and that now when I say that, that's what they were saying. We used to go back in the game. Right. Well, now they're not letting guys go back in the game as much as they were before. I say they still do, but it just depends. Remember people, you say, oh, it's a slight concussion. Yeah. Right. I got to, yeah. Well, what do you mean? Well, I was a little woozy. Right. Uh, I knew exactly where I was at. What happened? I just got hit really hard. This <laughs> <laughs> is so, and whatever hit me didn't move, but I did, and my brain was swashing around. So now it settled down. I think I'm good to go. I, I got knocked out playing catcher in a baseball game one time. <laughs> I, I got super confused. Like I lost my mask. I couldn't find it, and I started freaking out. And the umpire finally grabbed me and shook me, and that, that kind of brought me back. And they're like, okay, you're good. I'm like, yeah, I'm good. And I just kept playing. Yeah, there, there's there's different levels. Yeah, no doubt about it. Because I could say, I, you know, I've had small dings along the way, you know, maybe a handful of them, but – only one time I would really say that I got concussed. Right. And that's got knocked out, and that's in the Super Bowl there in the third quarter. Uh, so that – because instantly I couldn't recall exactly how it happened. Oh. Yeah, so that was – I got knocked out. I was like, I must have took a Tyson hit there by Cromwell there, that, that fullback. <sighs> when I tried to hit him, and he ended up hitting me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how many times is Derrick Henry going to get hit on Saturday? His offensive coordinator, uh, Todd Downing, was asked about this today. What would his carry count look like? This was the explanation from uh, his OC. Yeah, you know, I, I think we, we've we talked a little bit throughout the course of this year just about load management and how it's, it's tough to sometimes put a finite number on things. And, you know, I think that, you know, if I'm given uh, the green light with Derek playing, then we're just going to have to monitor him in the game. And, you know, Coach Dews does a great job of keeping an eye on his guys and rotating those guys through anyway. So uh, probably have a lot to do with the flow of the game. So a lot to do with the flow of the game there. Uh, it's kind of what I would expect. I mean, that, that's what I expect him to say. Yeah, a lot to do with the flow of the game. And a lot to do, I'm sure, with Tony Dews, which he mentioned, having, you know, his running backs coach, him monitoring, how do you feel? How do you feel? How's the foot feel? You feel okay? Everything good? But I would expect we're still going to see Hilliard. I would expect we're still going to see the foreman, the three-headed monster. Yeah, I, I would definitely start with uh, 
the king and then kind of progress through there and only let him tell me when he's ready to tap out and then right. I'm going to perform it in depending on what down distance or what kind of play we're calling because Foreman fits certain of those plays and here are the other ones. I would kind of let him dictate to me. But I'm not going to be asking him a lot. I'm going to let him, hey, you want to come out, just let us know. Right. Well, we're going we're gonna to roll, especially if he's feeling pretty good and he's rolling. Yeah, I, yeah, I think that's how you got to approach it. You, you can't be babying him along the way because mm-hmm. then that, that's not. That's, you tell us. Yep. But until then, you're going to go. Yep. That's, and I'm sure that's how he wants to be, too. The king's ready to go. We, we, we're not ready to go, but we got to go because our time go. is up. Yeah, 3HL's <laughs> coming up next on this rainy Wednesday. Yeah, so be careful out there. Stay safe. Yes, sir. It's supposed to snow, you said, tonight. Yes, of course. It's going to snow again yeah, tonight. 11 o'clock, you know. Lucas is shaking his head. Well, he can't believe it. So get you, home. You won't get any sleep, Mickey. I know. know. I'll be, be up watching the window. I will be. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go home and have some hot chocolate. But in the meantime. In between time, This Mickey. is how we leave you. Peace. Peace.